بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى states in سورة ياسين وذللناها لهم فمنها ركوبهم ومنها يأكلون and we have subdued them unto them uh, subdued them unto them so that some of them have for riding and some they eat this is referring to the camels uh, to the to the uh, an'am to the an'am which is the uh, cattle so Allah made the cattle submissive, subdued, and beneficial to the creatures. You see a young boy leading a huge camel, subdued to him. In fact, a person leads that huge body to its place of slaughter to its place of slaughter then Allah made in this verse two ways of benefits riding and eating some for riding and some they eat riding like camels eating like sheep, goats some some can be beneficial from both angles as a mount and as food in Surah Al-Nahl we know that there are other benefits as well in Surah Al-Nahl, verse 16, chapter 16, verse 80. والله جعل لكم من بيوتكم سكنا وجعل لكم من جلود الأنعام بيوتا تستخفونها يوم ضعنكم ويوم إقامتكم ومن أصوافها وأوبارها وأشعارها أثاثا ومتاعا إلى حين And Allah has made for you in your homes an abode and made for you out of the hides of the cattle tents for dwelling which you find so light and handy when you travel and when you stay in your travels and of their wool fair and hair sheep wool, camel fair and goat hair a furnishing and articles of convenience carpets, blankets a comfort for a while so many benefits and these camels which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created has created and subdued for us the benefits of this verse from the benefits of this verse is making manifest the ni'mah of Allah the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by subduing these cattle even though if they were hard to deal with, 
then we would lose the benefits or their benefits and that's why when one of the camels ran away at the time of the Prophet والسلام, a person targeted it and treated it with, a, with an arrow the Prophet وسلم, said إِنَّ لِهَذِهِ الْإِبِلْ أَوَابِدُ كَأَوَابِدِ الْوَحْشِ فَمَا نَدَّ مِنْهَا فَاصْنَعُوا بِهِ هَكَذَا The hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari Of the camels there are some which are as wild as wild beasts So if one of them runs away and makes you tired treated in this manner treated in this manner meaning treated as a beast so in this case this camel rebelled against its owner and they could not catch it except after targeting it with an arrow second benefit second benefit and this is a very important benefit making clear that the actions of the creatures are created to Allah our actions are created why? because Allah said وَذَلَّلْنَاهَا لَهُمْ وَذَلَّلْنَاهَا لَهُمْ and we made them subdued to them so وَذَلَّلْنَاهَا we subdued them so they are related these creatures, these, these cattle are related to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that he created them So therefore, the actions are related to Allah by way of creation and related to the doer by way of earning and doing. This is the correct position regarding this great matter. People are on three categories in terms of their positions regarding the actions of the creature. Are they created to Allah, our actions, or they are independently related to man himself? The three people fall into three categories regarding this matter. Number one, Madhabul Jabriya. 
the way of Al-Jabriya. Al-Jabriya comes from Jabr, being compelled. This sect say that Allah's creation or Allah Allah's creating is comprehensive regarding every movement in the heavens and the earth and that man is compelled majbur ala amalihi laysa lahu fihi ikhtiyar that man is compelled concerning his actions he has no choice in that he has no choice in that So the involuntary, involuntary movement and the voluntary are the same. There is no will in both. They say that man's deeds or actions are like a branch in the way of wind. the branch move without it having any choice in response to this futile argument is to say number one first this necessitates chaos this necessitates chaos. This necessitates chaos. Such that every person will do that which he likes and then says, This is not my choice. I am compelled. Secondly, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes the person for a sin that he did, then Allah will be unjust to him. This is also necessitated by this futile argument of this. If Allah punishes a person, punishes a person for a sin that he did, then Allah is unjust to him. Also, this necessitates thirdly that praising the obedient ones is nonsense without any benefit because man is not to be praised on a matter which he is compelled to do without a choice Fourthly, blaming the disobedient and the sinners is injustice or is unjust because this would be blaming one who has no choice in his actions. 
Fifthly, this is even in opposition to reality. This is in opposition to reality. Because the person finds a difference between voluntarily action and an action which he is necessitated to do. or feel compelled to do he finds the difference between stepping the stairs step by step down with calamity and choosing and between a person comes and pushes him such that he is unable to go step by step so therefore, the matter is even clear in terms of applicability and realities and intellect as well. That this position of the algebraia is futile, is futile. Those people who held to this opinion did so because they were under the deception and they were rather under the delusion that Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned that He created everything and He is able to do everything and that nothing in His kingdom takes place except that which he wills and this is the problem with the deviants because they look at some texts and they leave the rest taking that which suits them because in this case they left all the other texts which indicates that man can do by his choice now in contrast there is the second category those who looked at the texts that man has a choice regarding his deeds and so they denied that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a will and that Allah created the actions of his slaves and so they said that man is independent regarding his deeds he does whatever he wishes abandons and leaves whatever he wishes and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no relation with his with man's actions so man is totally independent 
this is the second this is the second and it is, this is the second uh, category and it is in direct opposition to the first category there is in their saying in their statement the second category they are closer than the first category from one angle that there is no doubt that man feels a choice regarding his actions he enters his house he leaves his house he goes to the masjid he leaves the masjid and he chooses this way voluntarily feeling that no one, no one is compelling him to do that however this these people who held to this opinion man total independence in his actions total independence in his actions went astray why? because they negated the will of Allah having to do anything with man's actions and that negated that Allah created man's deeds and so they want to believe that man is independent in that which he works and does and acts and that's why they are called majusu hadhihi al-ummah that's why they are called majusu hadhihi al-ummah the magians of this ummah why? because they resemble the magians in affirming to sources concerning occurrences in the sense that they say such and such is from the action of Allah whatever is from the actions of Allah then this is Allah's actions and whatever is from man's actions is his independent and that's why they are called the magians of this ummah affirming kind of quote two doers for occurrences there is no doubt that they are astray because they took away that which is in Allah's kingdom they took it away from Allah's kingdom meaning the, the, that Allah created their actions so they took that part away and they only affirmed that what man does then he is totally independent in it he is the totally independent doer so in short this category of people claim that man is totally independent in terms of his deeds and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has nothing to do with his actions
the third category and these are Ahlul Sunnah and they are medium just between these two extremes and they took by they took by all the evidences not part of the evidences fitting category first category nor the other part of evidences fitting the opinion of the second category but rather they took by all the all the dalils and this is the way of ahlul haqq this is the way of the people of truth and they said that in al insan verily man acts by his choice and leaves things and abandon doing things by his choice and that he has a perfect or complete will and ability so he has an ability and he has a will and the one who created his ability and his will is Allah Azza wa Jal the most magnificent the most mighty if Allah willed he would have taken away from him from man his ability his will and that's why if Allah takes away man's ability then there will be no responsibility on this person take for example the majnoon the insane he is not blamed for his actions because he did not do them by his will and similarly the one who is incapacitated or incapable of doing things is not to be held legally responsible because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ and fear Allah to the best of your ability so therefore now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is the one who created the will and ability in man and so Ahl al-Sunnah said وَالْإِرَادَةُ وَالْقُدْرَةُ ability and will are the cause for the manifestation of his deeds had it not been for the will he would not have been able to do the same with respect to ability and since the ability and will are creation from the creation of Allah then فَإِنَّ خَالِقَ السَّبَبِ خَالِقٌ لِلْمُسَبَّبِ the one who creates the cause the creator of the cause is the creator of what is caused to come to exist meaning the outcome so in this respect يضاف فعل العبد إلى الله من هذه الناحية the person's action is added to Allah from this angle the slave's action is added to Allah from this angle meaning it meaning أن الله it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created in man the cause behind his actions you understand that Allah is the one who created in man the cause 
behind man's actions. And thus, he became man a doer. Just like burning with the fire is related to the fire. And the one who installed in the fire this ability i.e. created it in the fire is Allah Azza wa Jal, the most mighty, the most magnificent and that's why the burning with the fire is caused by it directly however it is by it is by ordinance from Allah preordained since he created that in the fire and this is what Al-Sunnah went to. And this is in agreement with textual, intellectual and realities. With textual proofs, with intellectual proofs and with reality. And because this position reconciles the legal evidences and also comes in harmony with the physical realities if you gather the legal evidences you will find them going in one direction and this is the direction of Ahl Sunnah and without this conviction without this belief then man's action would be paralyzed and man would end up being dependent saying nothing doing nothing and without this conviction man would not return and turn to his Lord regarding his actions and his tasks so from one angle he has a will and he does moves and carries on the execution of things and from another angle he is created his affairs are preordained by Allah and from this angle therefore he returns to Allah and does not become dependent It's not dependent. He does not become a dependent in, a, in, in the wrong way. Uh, lazy. So we should correct this earlier. And does not become also selfish.
In this way, therefore, he will not feel independent from Allah Azza wa Jal and also will not be ittikali, lazy. Saying, if it is ordained for me, then it will come. But rather he will go and say, I will do seeking Allah's help and depending upon him truly. This would be the real dependence. So this is the category of people regarding the deeds of man man's actions from the benefits of this verse is that we are to benefit from the cattle mounting them with the condition that the mounting does not constitute hardship upon them and if it does then it is unlawful because hardship it would be torture to them and from the benefits of this verse the permissibility to mount someone behind you on a on an animal on an animal mount however this is also conditional that this does not constitute hardship on the animal The next benefit is that the cattle are lawful. And this is the origin regarding the ruling. So if two people dispute concerning an animal, whether it is lawful or unlawful, then the saying is that of the person who says it is lawful until there is a delil or unless there is a delil or an evidence to indicate that it is haram because of the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala generalized in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 29 هو الذي خلق لكم ما في الأرض جميعا
He it is who created for you all that is on earth. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second, from this verse as well, we have another generality in this respect. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمِنْهَا يَأْكُلُونَ And from it, they eat. So, in origin, this is lawful until there is something to indicate otherwise. However, this being lawful is restricted to fulfilling the correct way of slaughtering the animal. Otherwise, it will become haram. if it is not slaughtered in the legal way. However, if the person, if it becomes a necessity to eat the one, the animal which is not slaughtered in the legal way, then this becomes permissible under necessity. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 173, He has forbidden you only the maita, the dead, and blood, and the flesh of a swine, and that which is slaughtered as sacrifice for others than Allah. But if one is forced by necessity without willful disobedience, nor transgressing the limits, due limits then there is no sin on him. Truly Allah is oft forgiving, oft forgiving, most merciful. And from the benefits of this verse, that it is permissible, it's permissible, allowable, to cause pain to the animal in case the benefit cannot be attained except through that. Because eating is a benefit. And there can be no eating except after slaughtering. And slaughtering is from the greatest pain. And because the Sharia made this allowable and also made allowable the branding of cattle with fire in order to preserve it as a wealth. And therefore in the cases where we might need to cause pain to the animal in order to preserve it as a wealth or for other benefits, then there is no harm in that. 
then in verse 73 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَهُمْ فِيهَا مَنَافِعُ وَمَشَارِبُ أَفَلَا يَشْكُرُونَ وَلَهُمْ فِيهَا مَنَافِعُ وَمَشَارِبُ أَفَلَا يَشْكُرُونَ and they have other benefits from them besides and they get milk to drink will they not then be grateful many benefits the wool the fur the furniture the hair for agricultural purposes Numerous benefits Drinks And this come from camels From cows, from sheep All of them are source of milk So people benefit from that And so benefit from trade Selling these animals And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said أَفَلَا يَشْكُرُونَ Will they not be Will not Will they not then be grateful this is an exclamation and what is intended is a scolding meaning if they don't if they are not grateful to Allah then they are scolded for not being grateful and we spoke about gratitude and the difference between gratitude and between praise when we spoke about verse 35 <coughs> Alhamdulillah. in the same surah لِيَأْكُلُوا مِنْ ثَمَرِهِ وَمَا عَمِلَتْهُ أَيْدِيهِمْ أَفَلَا The benefits The benefits of this verse Yes, so that they may eat of the fruit thereof And their hands made uh, And their hands made it not Will they not then give thanks The benefits Allah Azza wa Jal created these animals For our benefit so any benefit that we can attain from these cattle, then it is allowable for us. However, it is conditioned, conditional upon not causing hardship. Causing hardship is prohibited. The benefits is permissibility of the milk of these cattle because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَمَشَارِبْ and drinks and also what is benefited from his saying أَفَلَا يَشْكُرُونَ wouldn't they be grateful this entails that we give thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for these ni'am for these bounties and also we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala scolded those who don't make thanks 
and there is no scolding except on doing something haram or relinquishing a wajib or abandoning a, an obligatory matter. Giving thanks to Allah is indicated by legal texts and also by intellect. Every person owes it to the person who does a favor to him as necessitated by each case. And that's why it came in the authentic hadith, مَنْ صَنَعَ إِلَيْكُمْ مَعْرُوفًا فَكَافِئُوا Anyone who, the one who does good for you, then kafi'u, then reward him. فَإِنْ لَمْ تَجِدُوا مَا تُكَافِئُوا فَادْعُوا لَهُ حَتَّى تَرَوْا أَنَّكُمْ كَافَأْتُمُوهُ and if you don't find anything to give him in reward, فَدْعُوا لَهُ Then invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until you see that you did reward him. We have to stop here, inshallah ta'ala. Then we continue the discussion of the rest of the verses. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka rabbi wa atubu ilayk. Walhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Wa